We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports Media in partnership with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. Justin Mello with me again, coming to you for the second time in as many days with part two of our Training Camp Updates podcast. Justin, are you ready to get in to stock up and stock down? I am. Look, you and I hadn't spoken in a couple weeks. I was on vacation. You had a vacation at one point as well. So what better way for us to return than to jam-pack two episodes a day apart? We had an episode yesterday. We got another episode today. We had a lot to talk about. I love that we split these episodes up. Best way for us to make our triumphant return after, I guess, only a two-week absence. But that felt like a long time for me because yeah. I love you. You love me. It felt like a longer absence. <laughs> and uh, two parts, two episodes. Let's do it. And you know what? I love you more because absence makes the heart grow fonder. So <laughs> glad to have you back here. We're going to get into part two now. We're talking stock up, stock down, guys who have made them, given themselves a better chance to make the roster and some guys that, you know, aren't doing as well as maybe we thought or maybe they're just doing bad and we thought they'd do bad, like the starting offensive line. Spoiler alert. We'll get to that in a second. But anyway, here's how it's going to work. I'm going to throw out a bunch of names. Justin, you're going to tell me stock up or stock down. All right. First name in the stock up, stock down conversation Will Levis. And I think this is an obvious answer. Stock up as of right now, right? Because he has strung big together. Big time. A, big time stock up. Big time stock up. Because he's strung together two good days of practice, right? And yeah. I want to say on that second day, that was so great to see because Tim Kelly, offensive coordinator, was asked about his previous good day in the morning and essentially said it was a good day, but now he's got to start stringing them together, which is a typical coach speak answer. And he's not wrong, right? Like you don't want to, anoint the guy, you know, the next coming of, you know, Steve Young because he had a good day of practice, right? But what happened? He went out there and had another good practice, right? So it seems like, you know, whether the game is slowing down for him, and it might be early to make such a claim, but whether it's slowing down or he feels more uncomfortable with the playbook, his mechanics have sped up, he's going through his progressions a little quicker. It does seem like the light bulb has kind of come on for Will Levis a little bit this week. And you, you can't wait for that first preseason game. As of this recording, it's only, it's about 10 days away. So it's not that far away, but it's also far away enough where you got to kind of keep stringing together some good practices. You've got a bunch more practices before that game and hope to carry that momentum over into the preseason debut. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait to see him in the preseason. Apparently on Monday, he threw five touchdown passes, including three straight in a a red zone period or a seven on seven period. And then on Tuesday, he had a bunch of nice plays. He threw another string of three straight touchdown passes during a series. And Tuesday's practice is really interesting for him to have success on Tuesday is a big deal because on Tuesday's practice, it was an unscripted day. So they go into each day typically knowing like, here's what we're going to run. If we're going to do this, these drills during this time, and then we're going to move to this and whatever, whether that's like on Monday, it was red zone work, right? So they knew going in, they're going to do a lot of red zone work. On Tuesday, the game situations that they're practicing are unscripted. So it's just like basically sort of trying to simulate the experience of playing in a game, you know, where a turnover happens and suddenly the offense has to go on the field or, you know, based on where the, the punt return has, has situated the team or it's now there's two minutes left and you got to go win the game because you're down by three or whatever it is. Like 
they were trying to simulate those situations. So they gave everybody sort of a limited playbook on Monday night to study that they were going to call from on Tuesday. Again, simulating the game experience. Here's like the plays that are in for this week and we're going to prep for them and then run those on Sunday. That's what they're trying to do here. And it's, you know, a really good tool, I think, to help the team get ready for the season. I love that they do this. And the fact that Levis was successful on that day where he didn't know what was coming, he didn't really know what to prepare for. He just like went out and played football. You know, it's like take trying to take some of the thinking out of it. I think that's a big deal. And what's also notable there is that Tuesday was his first day really working with the twos. He'd been working with the threes behind Malik Willis up to that point. Got, he was had a great day on Monday with the threes. Got a chance to go up against the second team defense on Tuesday and had another great day. So, you know, I don't know if you've been paying attention around the league, but for example, Matthew Stafford had a rest day. The other day, and Stetson Bennett got to go out and actually play with the ones and had a good day of practice. I want to see the Titans do something like that. Let's give Ryan Tannehill a day off, you know, just a rest day. You're a veteran. You don't need to be out here every single day at training camp. Just so we have a chance to see Will Levis play against the Titans' first team defense. But um, hopefully that'll come at some point. I'm glad you brought it up because, look, like anything in football, anything in life in general, it's always more difficult when you don't know it's coming, right? So that unscripted portion of practice was so great. To see him have a, a good day out there definitely uh, speaks volumes about his character and preparation. Yeah, right. Um, all right, let's talk about our next name on the list here. This is not a name. This is a group. The starting offensive line. Stock up or stock down? Well, it does seem like stock down, right? I, I think yeah, that's... I, think I mean, so. Arden Key said he had seven sacks the other day. He counted. And you, you, <laughs> you're happy for him, but you're not, right? If you know what I mean. Like, you never want right. to see that. So... And it, it sounded like I think Mike was at practice and said that um, he was having his way with Andre Dillard, which is not great, right? If you're starting left tackle, uh, Daniel Brunskill struggled with Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, what everyone struggles with Jeffrey Simmons, right? I guess not the end of the world, but you don't love it. Um, but then there's the right tackle situation, which you and I are going to get into. I believe for a YouTube exclusive, actually. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, our listeners will check will, will will check out the YouTube and listen to that conversation, but. Definitely stock down. It sounds like the defensive line has been feasting. Although Mike Vrabel, I think, did say when they put the pads on, it got a lot better. And I don't think that's shocking, right? The O-linemen, they want to be physical. They want to, again, what you talked about, simulate that in-game feel. They want to have the pads on. That's when they really feel like they're pass protecting. So hopefully, to a degree, they salvage that a little bit. But it did sound pretty concerning early on. Yeah, I think that that's, yeah, Mike Vrabel said that up until the pads came on, it was like shit through a brass horn in reference to how the defensive line was running through the offensive line. Um, But when the pads came on, apparently they played a little bit better, gave Tannehill a little more time and and all the quarterbacks a little more time. But I mean, it's encouraging on one standpoint because you're like the Titans defensive line could be really good this year. You look at the talent on paper and you think they're going to be really good. Arden Key could be, you know, based on, you know, Mike Herndon wrote an an article for paulkoharski.com I think on Wednesday, talking about how Arden Key has, you know, gotten better every year of his career in terms of his pass pass rush win rate. My least favorite stat to say out loud, pass rush win rate, um, has gotten better every year. And he could be, you know, like a steal of the free agent class here for the Titans. And hopefully he's in line for a big year. Got Harold Landry back, who Shane Bowen said the other day that it doesn't, you wouldn't know that this was a guy coming back off a torn ACL, which is, you know, just great news. And I'm not going to, we're not talking about Landry too much here because we're talking more about guys that could have a chance to go up or down in the stock up, stock down category. If we were talking about Landry, I would say stock up just because of how healthy he looks out there. Jeffrey Simmons, Nico Autry, like this is a talented, at least the front four is the, the, you know, the starting, starting defensive line. I mean, is a really talented group. So it's hard to like, 
How much can you knock the offensive line for struggling against them? It's good that they get to go up against this strong competition every day. But at the same time, you want to see them winning some days here and having good reps and not just getting run through like shit through a brass horn, as Mike Vrabel said. (laughs) And I think it's fair to have concerns because, A, you were concerned about it before practice started because you look at the starting five on paper and you don't know if it's very good because you don't know what you have in a lot of these players. So, like... It's fair to, you can't overreact to it because in all honesty, it was an effing shit show last year, right? Like you're concerned about the O-line because it sucked last year. And if I ever recall correctly, it wasn't very good the year before either, at least in pass pro. So until they prove otherwise, and it's a whole new group of players and I get that, right? But until the organization proves they can get this thing back on track, you're going to be concerned about it. And then on top of it, when you look at it on paper, as we said, you don't know what you have at Andre Dillard in left tackle. You don't know what you have in Peter Skoronsky at left guard. Aaron Brewer is playing a new center. Uh, sorry, Aaron Brewer is playing a new position at center, and he wasn't a great left guard last year, especially in pass pro. In pass pro. So you don't know what you have there. You don't really know what you have in Daniel Brunskill because he's, you know, uh, he's got some experience, but he's been a reserve guy, and it's his first year with the team, so you're waiting to reserve judgment. And now you don't know what you have at right tackle either, right? Because Nick for year has been suspended. So you don't know what you have at any of the five positions in all honesty. And that doesn't guarantee it's going to be bad. You just don't know, right? But all of them have questions and you do worry that it can be bad. Because anytime there are questions, sometimes there's a bad answer to that question, right? So um, it definitely discouraging. You hope it gets better. Because I'll say this, as excited as you are for the D-line, I'll be honest, I am more, in general, I'm more concerned than excited because if the D-line is great this year and the O-line sucks, it won't matter how good the D-line is. No, I totally agree. I, I'm definitely more concerned about the O-line than I am encouraged by the D-line. And, exactly. And, I mean, who was it? Ben Baldwin put out, like, a projected ranking, all 32 starting offensive lines the other day, and the Titans were 32 or 31 or 32. I like, think they so. Were at they, the had like, they had, like, Skaronsky at right tackle, though, I think, and Jordan Bruce yeah, starting at, right at left guard. guard. Not that it probably, like, I doubt if we told, hey, Ben, this is actually what it is. I doubt it would have made a huge difference in his rankings, right. and understandably so, because, like, we don't know what they have. Can you imagine a national analyst that doesn't spend a lot of time covering the Titans looking up that offensive line and, and thinking fondly? They're like, they're, wait, Dillard, oh, that was that first-round bust that didn't really play in Philly. Oh, and Brunskill, he's the reserve lineman in San Francisco that played a couple games. And, oh, Skaronsky's a left tackle switching positions. And if you're a national analyst, in all honesty, and not to be disrespectful, but you may not even know who Aaron Brewer is, right, unless yeah. you're really, really good at what you do. And then you look at the right tackle situation, and you really don't know what they have there if you're an outsider looking in. So I totally get it. Yeah, you're just like, oh, their starters suspended for six games. They're going to struggle, which, I mean, that could end up being the case very much so. So, yes, stock down for the O-line, mostly because they struggled uh, up until, I guess, Monday, and then they were a little better. It's not like they had a great day on Monday and Tuesday. They were just a little better. Yeah, I will say— Jeffrey and Key didn't retire, right, because they were so yeah. <laughs> sad they couldn't win. So, we'll see. Well, Jeffrey Simmons did get kicked out of practice, and he, they still were getting beat up. Jamarco Jones, <laughs> Jamarco who Jones. I think is going to be the week one starter at right tackle. We'll see. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll get to Jones in a second here. I have him on my list. But um, mm. the fact that, like, Jaden Peavy was playing for Jeffrey Simmons, and they were still getting their asses kicked, it's not a great sign. Although, there are a lot of glowing reports about Jaden Peavy. So why don't we go to Jaden Peavy? Stock up or stock down? Stock up for Jaden Peavy. Look, Big man. time. I didn't get a lot, a lot of chance. I was gone on vacation when they, when they ran, and I forgot to do it 
when we pre-recorded. I didn't get a chance to promote all the interviews that were on broadwaysportsmedia.com. I did 11 of them this year. You had like 11 straight days with inter- exclusive interviews with Titans players right before training camp kicked off. 11 players. The one that I think you guys showed the most interest in was Jaden Peavy. And I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to guess it was because the headline was really good. In all honesty, the tweet was really good because he gave me a great quote, credit to him, not me, where he said, the Titans are loving me right now. He said that to me, quote unquote, before training camp started, Titans are loving me right now. They are thrilled with my development. So I made that the tweet. You all latched onto it. It did some great numbers on Twitter, did great numbers on broadwaysportsmedia.com. Um, and it, it's lived up to the billing because he's had a couple really good days at practice. The other day, they asked Shane Bowen about yeah. the young D-lineman, uh, and he basically spent the entire time just talking about Jaden Peavy. He said he shed weight. He's moving around better. He understands what we're doing. He looks really good. Like They're really high on him right now. He's on my 53-man roster for sure. He might be the number one reserve D-lineman, in all honesty, like behind Simmons and, uh, and Tier Tart. Like, not that... Not that that means you'd play a ton of snaps, but that's significant. Like he spent the whole year on the practice squad last year. So yeah. he's shown a lot of signs of development stock up. I cannot wait to see him in the preseason. Cause you know what, when they signed him as a UDFA last year, I was excited. Cause I thought he had some pedigree coming out of Texas A&M. He didn't show a lot in the preseason last year, if I recall correctly. And he ended up on the practice squad, but sometimes again, we put, we place expectations on these guys spent that whole year with you know waiting for the light bulb to come on developing behind the scenes it looks like it came on this spring he came back he's more versatile he talked to me about how he was essentially only playing nose tackle last year for the titans that's not the case anymore he's moving all over the d-line he's playing three tech he's playing nose he's playing everywhere dropped weight moving around better quicker more agile stock up i can't say enough good things about Jaden pv and if you haven't read that interview go read it because it's a really good one yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, you know, Jaden Peavy and the guy I'm going to talk about next, I would say, are the poster boys for stock up. Indeed. These are guys that that we didn't know what their status was going into training camp and probably would have said, you know, like, you're you're just projecting off of nothing if you have them making the 53-man roster. Yep. Well, You wouldn't have put point, them on there. Most people would right. not have put them on there. So that's what we mostly mean by stock up here is like now we're all going to have him as like the fifth or sixth D-line guy. And he's going to probably make the roster if this performance continues through the rest of camp. The next guy on my list is in the same situation. John Ajukwu, who Vrabel and I guess everyone calls OJ. So we'll just call him OJ for the sake of not having to say Ajukwu every time. Um, (laughs) OJ has been in the mix battling to be the day one starter at right tackle. This is an undrafted free agent who had, you know, a bit of a pedigree when it came to like draft prospects. A lot of people thought he would be at least a day three pick. Um, Brandon Thorne, who is a big O-line D-line guy, liked him a lot. Uh, Stoney Keeley, who does a lot of work with Zach and Efforts Pod um, and, and is big into draft stuff. He really liked this guy too coming out, did a whole profile on him before the Titans signed him as a UDFA, right? So I think, you know, is there a chance that the Titans found a diamond in the rough type of guy with John Ajuku? Like Chris Hubbard was an undrafted free agent. He's on a nine-year career, right? He's is this guy, John Ajuku, gonna be someone that can be on the team? Like, can he be a swing tackle? Can he be a starter in the league? Do you remember who broke the news of him signing with the Titans? I don't remember, but I'm gonna guess from the question that it was you. <laughs> <laughs> it was I did break it when he signed with them. I did really like him at Boise State. I thought he had some pedigree. Um, It was so great to see Vrabel light up when talking about him the other day. 
Um, I will say this, and I, I'm not peeing on the parade, but I don't really understand how this right tackle competition is going, in all honesty, because they did make it sound like he was in the mix maybe to win the job. They mentioned Andrew Rupsich as well, by the way, second-year UDFA yeah. out of Culver Stockton. But, like, it's been – Jamarco Jones, I think, missed the first few days of practice, right? And I think it was actually – Chris Hubbard wasn't there yet, I don't believe. So it was actually Jalen Duncan that was working with the first team ahead of OJ at right tackle. And then Jamarco returned to practice. And it, it, it's I, I feel strongly that it's going to be Jamarco Jones, in all honesty, if he stays healthy. I would, I would guess it will be. And then Chris Hubbard got there. So when Jamarco got kicked out of practice, um, it was Chris Hubbard was that Hubbard. ran with the one. So you've the had a lot of guys – No, the only thing I'll say to that point, and it's true, and it's definitely worth taking into consideration, but it's also very early in camp, which is a UDFA guy we're talking about. You know, he has three or four weeks to sort of like rise up the depth chart. I think once that first preseason game comes out, if he, I mean, he's got to play really well against the worst guys on the other team first, right? If he does that, then we'll have a chance to see, like maybe he starts working with the second team. If he continues to do well, you know, in like the second and third quarter of a, of preseason game number two, maybe he starts preseason game number three when you're not going to have any starters out there anyway. He's in the mix. Let's just say that he's in the mix. I think it will take the duration of training camp for him to like prove to Vrabel and the rest of the coaching yep. staff that he could even succeed in that role. I'm a um, big fan. I'm a big fan yeah. of his. I just want to end with that. I am a big fan of his and I'm, Excited to monitor his progress. I've been on him the whole way. Like as soon as he signed with him as a UDFA, um, I've got some people in his camp that I'm, I'm that I'm close with uh, as well, and I've had conversation, frequent conversations with his people, and it does sound like things are going very well. Yeah, so I think stock is definitely up. That doesn't mean he's going to start. Doesn't mean he's going to make the roster, but stock is up for now. All right, I'm going to combine the next two guys into one conversation, but I think they're going to be in opposite ends of the up down spectrum. Jack Gibbons and Monty Rice. I don't feel as strongly as you do about this. So I'm just okay. going to start with that. But I know that you feel Jack Gibbons stock up, Monty Rice stock down. And I, I do well, get why you feel that way. I just I mean, don't feel mostly, as strongly as you. It's mostly based on like the expectations going into this Fair. season and training camp, which was like, okay, Aziz Alshire and Monty Rice are your starting inside linebackers. Yep. And then there's a bunch of guys competing to back them up and play special teams. But so far, it's been Jack Gibbons and Aziz Alshire as the starters and Monty Rice running with the twos, which doesn't necessarily mean a lot. And, you know, there's been reports that Monty Rice has been making good plays and like showing off sideline to sideline speed and chasing guys down. But that said, it just subverts our expectations going into this thing, which was I mean, we kind of thought it was not a lock, but at least written in pencil that you can erase that Monty Rice would be a starter. And it looks like right now he's not a starter. Well, why I the reason I I will partially agree is I don't know that anything has been decided, but I do get what you're saying because it does feel like more of a competition than we expected it to be. So that's why I can understand saying stock up for Jack Gibbons, maybe stock down for Monty Rice. But I don't think this is the reason I'm not fully committing to that is I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Jack Gibbons is going to be the starter and Monty Rice is going to be the backup. I just think it's more of a competition probably than we expected it to be. 
And they're very different players and they offer different things. So it'll be, I'm curious to see how those snaps get split, especially throughout the preseason, but obviously more so throughout the regular season. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up quote unquote being co-starters almost right. Where based on down and distance and, 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 you know, sub package defense, so on and so forth that you've got yeah. something for Gibbons and you've got something for rice and they almost end up splitting snaps as opposed to one guy, you know, heavily being favored over the other. But I do get what you mean. Cause I, I think we all expected Monty rice to be the starter. And it does seem like this is more of an open competition than we anticipated it being. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Okay. Next guy on my list, Christian Fulton. I don't know. This is a tough if one. You've got this is a tough for one. Stock down because so here's it, it what I'll sounds say. like he's made a couple plays, but he also yeah. already had an injury, I think, right? Right. So this is what I'll say. I'm going stock down because, yes, he has apparently made some good plays. Albert Breer was at Titans camp the other day and wrote up a whole blurb on how Christian Fulton is looking the part. And, uh, best you know, shape people of are his saying, life, I think Albert Breer people said. People are saying in the best shape of his life, which, like, sure, every player every season is in the best shape of their life. So I don't really take a lot of stock into that. Um but the fact that he came up limping, you know, tracking DeAndre Hopkins on a deep route, and yes, he returned to practice during a special teams period. He was back on the field. Doesn't seem like a serious thing. Like, he's probably fine. But, bro, bro, <laughs> after all the injury issues that you've been through, like, the fact that even this little tiny scare happened already, <coughs> to me, that's a stock down moment for him. So, it's not because he's been playing poorly or because he's not good. It's just like... This Titans defense is so much worse if he can't play 17 games. If he plays 17 games and most of the guys, you know, most of the starters stay healthy, this could be a great defense. He has the potential to be a great cornerback, but he's got to stay on the field. And if he's already suffering from little things that are making him, you know, limp around the field during training camp, that is going to be a stock down for me. So I'm saying stock down. I don't know if you feel the same way. Look, I get what you feel. We've covered it to death, right? Like he's he's entering it's a do or die year for him, right? And Vrabel's been very honest when talking about him and his his health or his you know lack of of ability to stay on the field consistently. It's a it's a huge huge year. He wants to prove that he deserves an, an extension from Tennessee. And you know what? If it doesn't come from there, he wants to have a market in free agency elsewhere, right? What David Long Jr. didn't have. Right, the Titans right. moved on from him, and David Long didn't have a huge market based on the deal he signed with Miami. So that's what Fulton wants to avoid. Um, but if he keeps going down this path, it's obviously concerning, and um, he he knows what's at stake. That's why he's showing up to camp, and he admitted he changed his routine this offseason. Right, I think he talked about factoring in more yoga and stretching and and, and different things to try to work on his pliability and things of that nature. So we'll see how it plays out for him, but. It's imperative for him and to this defense as their, their number one cornerback that he does stay healthy. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, well, anyway, hopefully he stays healthy and we'll see how that goes for the rest of camp. But for me, for now, after the first, what, eight, nine days of camp, it's a stock down. Um, all right. Next guy on the list. We touched on him when we talked about the offensive line being down, but I feel like we, he deserves his own segment here. Arden Key. <laughs> yeah. I mean, stock up, right? Like he's been terrific. He's been unblockable by every every stretch of the imagination, right? Like they, yeah. they came, seven sacks the other day, as I said earlier, is what he counted. I mean, maybe there's a little bias in there. Maybe it was five, whatever hey, it is. But... People, people that were there said that that sounded accurate to them. <laughs> no, I believe it. I mean, it, it brings us back to the concerns about the O-line, but this guy right now is looking like a great signing, man. And, and he was starting outside. I think it was interesting we talk about Harold Landry's health because I want to say the other day, 
it was Arden Key and Dina Coatri that were with the ones, right? And I, and I get it. Landry's still working his way, right, back into physical activity. So I'm excited about this guy. You talked about the article Mike wrote, pass rush win rate's gone up every year. The thing that struck me the most was when he's speaking at the podium, right? His comments the other day throughout the press conference, he's excellent, man. He, he seems like he, is. he really gets it now. And he was honest, right? You know the comment I'm referring to where I don't know who asked the question. I wish I asked it, but they asked about no. you know, the, the early. I'm sorry. It was Aziz Al Shire who asked that question. That's right. What a, look at that, man. <laughs> Step your game up, local reporters, because it was Aziz Al Shire that I thought got the best quote out of Arden Key. Talked about, um, and he admitted where he said he was like, I, I didn't get it as, an, as a young guy in this league, right? Like I was just trying to rely on pure athleticism. I didn't buy into the process. I thought that was surprisingly honest of him. You really love to see it. Excited about him. He seems like a guy that, that again, that that gets it now. And I think the Titans got a hell of a player in free agency. Yeah, I think he could turn out to be a steal. I'm thinking about doing a video, you know, similar to the Burks, Tannehill videos. Let's see. People, if you want me to do a video, tweet it at me, at Titans Film Room. I might do it anyway, even if I don't get any tweets. But it'd be cool to get a tweet or two. <laughs> I'm going to tweet it. <laughs> <laughs> do it okay next guy on the list here i'm gonna group another uh another two for one special here actually let's go three for one special on this one three wide receivers battling for as we discussed earlier one two roster spots probably one reggie roberson Treshawn harrison racy mcmath stock up on roberson and harrison stock down on mcmath that's what i was gonna say i talked about roberson earlier Go read the interview, BroadwaySportsMedia.com. He gave me some great quotes. Um, I asked him, you know, it's one thing that was exciting was I asked him, what was the difference between this training camp and last year's? Like, why has the light bulb come on for you? And look, he's a young guy that was honest with me. He's like, I know what to expect now. And I get that, right? Like going in last year, like I've never been in an NFL practice. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what the routine is. I don't know what the practice schedule is. I know absolutely nothing. And I, again, that was something I think is easy to forget. Even for me, I was like, ha, huh, like that's such a great point. And it's led to him playing faster. Yeah, like they have three touchdowns the other day. Yeah, all from Will Levis. <laughs> it's led to him playing faster. You see, you're seeing the results of that. So go read the interview because I thought it was outstanding to pick his brain and talk about what he was about to put into practice. And that's what we're seeing right now. Um, Treshawn Harrison looks like the best UDFA receiver out there. Doesn't surprise me, man. After they signed him, when I watched the tape at Oregon State, I liked him. I liked him a lot. I wrote an article about him at the time. Was supposed to get him for an interview. Didn't end up working out. The schedule was just too condensed as he was reporting the rookie minicamp. But I've been in constant touch with his people this entire time because I expected him to have a good camp. And he's having a great camp. And actually, I exchanged text messages um, with, his, with his people the other day. I normally don't do this, but I'm just gonna go at, I'm just gonna go ahead and, and, and read to you um some of what we what we discussed. I'm just pulling it up right now. If you give me one second. Um yeah, he said, you know what, man, he's a super talented kid and he worked really hard during the preseason and all throughout the sorry, the offseason and all throughout the pre-draft process. And they're excited about him. They're really excited about him. He looks great out there, man. I think I think he's on level footing. This is my opinion right now for that final receiver spot. Like you always wonder if a guy's getting a is really getting a fair shake and an equal opportunity versus a draft pick. That's a fair question, right? Like, w- would they keep 
like Colton Dowell over him just because of draft status, right? I think that's a fair question to ask. But right now, and I like Colton Dowell. I wrote an exciting article about him as well, right, on Broadway a couple weeks ago. I, I like him, and I'm excited about him. But right now, I think Harrison has been the better player, right, at practice. Wow. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues because I would like to think if, if, if everyone's getting a fair shake, um, that they're on level footing right now, and I would even say Harrison should have a leg up. Yeah, I agree. When it comes to Racy McMath, stock down because has this guy made a play? I mean, look, you I and I are not you and I are not at camp. You know, you're in Toronto or Portugal or wherever you are. I'm out <laughs> here in LA. Um, we don't have a chance to go watch these practices, but we we are following every report closely. I'm reading, you know, PK's practice notes, Wyatt's practice notes. When Albert Breer's out there, I'm reading his practice notes. I'm listening to Jason McCordy talk about it on Good Morning Football. Like we're soaking it up as much as we can. I haven't seen a single person say a single thing about Racy McMath. I haven't. And like, it's not like he's out there dropping a bunch of passes like Mason Kinsey was. (laughs) Um, But sorry, sorry, stray bullets flying at Mason Kinsey. But um, it's also like he's not out there making big plays. And this is it. This is his make or break do or die year. And I mean, it's it's early in camp. He's got time to, to make an impact. But so far, you know, I would I would put Roberson and Harrison as higher chances of making the team right now than Racy McMath. Because, like, this staff has seen Racy McMath for multiple years. They know what he is and what he isn't. For and sure. if he doesn't take a step forward, what what's the point in keeping him around? And those guys have made multiple plays, right? Which right. Is something he hasn't done. So it's, it's a completely fair point. I mean, they got to contribute. Whoever ends up taking those final spots has got to be a special teams contributor. But you talked about Roberson's return ability, you know, these guys can be gunners as well. Racy McMath is, is a guy that can be a gunner too. So if if McMath does separate himself in the special teams aspect, then he has a chance to stay ahead of these other guys. But, you know, if they can provide the same value on special teams and they're making more plays at receiver, then McMath, his time in Tennessee might be done. All right, I got two left for you here. The second to last one is tight end Alize Mack. Stock up. He ran with the ones recently and he yeah. looked really good while doing it. He was separating yeah. catch and passes like this guy's very intriguing. He played in the XFL this past year for San Antonio, 28 catches for 230 yards and one touchdown. He showed enough in the XFL where the Titan scouts, you know, they were obviously present. They decided to take a chance on him. He's a former seventh round pick. He played at Notre Dame. Like he's a guy that entered the league with a little bit of pedigree. He washed yeah. out quickly, unfortunately. I think it was a 2019 draft, right? When he was seventh round pick of the New Orleans Saints coming out of Notre Dame. It didn't work out for him, but you know what? He goes to the XFL now, and he he's breathed, he's breathing life into his stock. Titans went out and signed yeah. him. He's one of many players, right, that was signed um, from the XFL at the conclusion of their season. And he's looking good, man. Like, what you said about Jaden Peavy earlier, right now, I think I got this guy on my 53-man roster. And that would require them to probably keep four tight ends. But I had four tight ends on my initial projection. Like, when I'm working out these numbers – that's one of those things that goes back to the receiver thing, right? Like if they only keep five or six, even six, I think they can keep four at tight end. And right now I, I've got four anyway. I didn't have them on my initial projection and I'm embarrassed by that in all honesty because right now if they're keeping four, he would be a lock. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the case. I mean, based on how he's played so far, Stock I can't wait way to up. see. They haven't been able I to cover wait to him. See... Yeah, I can't wait to see what he looks like in the preseason because if he's out there – you know, against really, you know, against like the third string defense, he could be tearing it up. He should be able to be dominate. exciting to see. All right. My last one for you. 
This one is the one that was a total surprise we didn't talk about before the show and doesn't really make a lot of sense for this conversation. <laughs> After all the Jonathan Taylor news and things that are going down with the Colts, <laughs> the Colts, stock up or stock down? Who's got to be stocked down, doesn't it? Like, what a disaster <laughs> of a week. Like, first of all, Taylor's agent, um, is it Mal- Malky, uh, from first round management who I've dealt with in the past and good people at first round management. I got friends over there at first round. Um, he's been very public, right? Like he doesn't, he's been, he's come out and he's talked some shit, right. And people are calling him an idiot and imbecile. Like he's got to go to bat for his guy. Like, I don't think anything he did was yeah. that crazy in all honesty. Like, I, and I don't blame him for getting involved. You got the owner of like Jim Irsay is such a fucking oh moron. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't care that I cuss. He does. He's such a fucking moron. Like is out here talking about the player and not signing the player and what the value is. And if he wasn't in the NFL, people would forget tomorrow. And I, I, yeah. look, he said, Oh, if I died, people would forget. Like he tried to prefix it with that, but like, it's just some shit you don't say. So like, based on what Jim Irsay has been doing and saying, like, I don't blame the agent for coming to his defense publicly like this shit is wild like stock way yeah, down for the Colts it's so stupid it's what an embarrassing franchise yeah and I don't know if Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to be traded and all, you didn't even mention everything that's gone on with his like back injury not I didn't he right showed he up he, with a they, they non-football he's got back he injury he like it's ugly yeah. right now man <laughs> it is like, um, he, so like, I don't know what I imagine he will play for the Colts this year like I I always expect these things to get smooth over. Like, I, I don't too. think he's going to sit out a whole year. I don't think they're going to be willing to sit him out a whole year. Like, that's never what I expect when you've got the most talented offensive player on a team. And Anthony Richardson needs him. Like, you're expecting this young, raw quarterback. Yeah. You're not going to have Jonathan Taylor, who's really good catching the football and can run the football. Like, you're not going to have him as a weapon back there for your raw rookie quarterback. That would be, I mean, maybe we should hope for that because that would be, as Titans fans, yeah. obviously, because that would be a freaking disaster for them. But, I expect that he will play for the Colts this year, but it does seem like there's at least a, a chance where this there's isn't fixable. Like the relationship's not salvageable, but it, it's ugly. I don't see how they trade him though, just because Same. Like, That's why no one's going to pay big. Plays for them. Yeah, they're not. No one's going to give up a, a big trade haul for Jonathan Taylor in the final year of his contract, a running back who wants fifteen million dollars a year. Although that may have been an incorrect r- rumor that, that that's how much he wanted. We don't really know. But um, my favorite thing that came out of all of this was people on Twitter digging up Jim Ursay's old tweets from like over ten years ago, talking yeah. about all kinds of. I can't even tell you the span of nonsense that this man's tweets covered. The, the fact <laughs> that you could Twitter search an NFL owner's name. Plus yeah. the keyword cocaine and find like 15 <laughs> different results is fucking wild. Like why yeah. is, I mean, we know why that's a thing with it, but like, <laughs> why is that a thing? And I'll throw one last bonus thing out there. Um, the Titans chances of beating the saints in week one stock up because it was reported on Wednesday that Alvin Kamara is likely facing a suspension. Which is old news because Alvin Kamara has yeah. been likely facing a suspension for like a year and a half year since and he a half, beat somebody yeah. up in Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say much on it, but obviously it would be – I expected that he would miss that game week one. Right. I figure he probably gets suspended for three, four games. It was an incident that happened in Vegas at the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, it, it will be a blow to the, to the Saints if they are missing Alvin Kamara for that game. And you certainly feel like the Titans uh, – it would increase their chances of winning that game. Uh, but Christian Fulton has to be healthy because someone's got to cover Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and, and everyone else they have out there. So we'll see. 
Yeah, I agree. All right, that will do it for part two of this training camp update double feature podcast day. We had a pod yesterday. If you missed it again, I don't know how you're listening to this one if you missed that one, but maybe we were at the top of your feed before you checked and you didn't realize there was a part one and even you started listening to this episode and we said part two and you were like, ah, I don't care. I'm still going to listen to it. So if that's the case, (laughs) go back to part one and listen to the Titans news episode. Otherwise, we appreciate everyone out there. Make sure you're following Justin on Twitter. Again, I'm calling it Twitter at Justin M underscore NFL. Follow me at Titans Film Room. We'll be back maybe tomorrow with a video talking about the right tackle battle. Or if you're just a podcast listener, we'll be back next week. But that's why you should be looking at us on YouTube, man. Go to YouTube, subscribe. I'm just going to implore everyone every time we get on these microphones to go to our YouTube channel, Music City Audible Podcast. Give us a subscribe. Check out the videos that we got up there. Ryan Tannehill, Underrated, Traylon Burks, Breakout Year. We got some good stuff up there, so... Follow us there. Follow along everywhere and leave a comment. We really need the comments. Like the more comments we get, the more our videos show up for other people. And like it just helps us grow. And if you like us, if you like what we do, you want to help us grow. Right. So anyway, we appreciate everyone. I think the key in all honesty for everyone checking out the YouTube is that you real. First of all, I mean, some of you have told us you enjoy watching these podcasts. Video was an aspect that was missing from this podcast in the past. But I think one of the major keys, even bigger than that, in my opinion, is some of the exclusive content that's on there that you're not getting on the pod, like the Ryan Tannehill breakout, uh, sorry, like the Ryan Tannehill underrated video, which is doing very well for us on YouTube and the Traylon Burks video. And and if you go way back, check out some of like breaking down film with Sam Kwanu, right? Titans edge rusher, breaking down Will Levis tape with Liam Cohen in Kentucky offensive coordinator. So we're obviously kidding as we, you know, as Graver gets into it. We're begging <laughs> you to subscribe. I think the key is we want to give you content that makes you want to subscribe to the page. That's obviously what we're doing here. And I think some of that exclusive content uh, is pretty enticing to our to our followers. Yeah, it's worth checking out. Well said, Justin. Thanks. So anyway, we'll be back soon with another video or another podcast. Until then, y'all stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.